So did you ever, did you hear about campus campus to Canton? I have heard about it. Yes, I need to learn much more about the campus to Canton format. Where would you do that? <laughs> well, at campuscan.com. If only we had access to campuscanton.com and a promo code. Well, what if we had a promo code that could save you ten percent off? That sounds pretty good to me. Where do Tech I find is that? Starting as low as three dollars a month. But here's what I recommend you do. I have to. I have to add this in. You only get to use that ten percent off one time. Yes, you can only use it one time, Fanero. So use it on a whole one year package, I not agree. your three dollar a month package, because you want to save on the whole oh, year, not yeah. just one year. But then you can get different packages all the way on up. I recommend you get at least the middle tier just for the right amount of content. And you learn Campus to Canton with us. Maybe someday you're in a league with us. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. You think we can get enough listeners to start a league with us? I don't know. <laughs> we don't can know try. <laughs> I'm kind of scared. Because <laughs> if we do, you'll be going up against Finero and I. We'll be <laughs> sharing a team. And taking you on, and, I, and I'll be honest, I'm kind of intimidated of this format. I'll be diving in for my first time, too. I'm in a lot of Devi leagues, Dynasty leagues. This next step could be intimidating. I can't think of a better place for us to learn it than campuscamp.com. We talked about this with Felix Sharp, and I, there's just no better way to get better at Dynasty and to get better at Devi than to take on this big challenge. It's gonna be it's gonna be rough. We have a lot of bumps and learning curves, but we're gonna have campusdecanton.com to help us out. So you're gonna have the same tool we will. So see if you can beat us. It is a learning journey. Come on it with us. And as Felix said, let Campus Canton be that parachute that slows everything down, makes us land smoothly into this next format. Rookie Fever, the show that looks closely at NFL rookie values all year long. Let's go! Let's get the show going, man. Hurry up, hurry up! With your hosts, Swagzilla Zero G. We can't all be winners. And Mike, the feverish Fanero. never in a vacuum! Nothing is in a vacuum! The Rookie Fever Podcast. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. That's it, baby. Let's go. Welcome back to Rookie Fever, episode 272, and I'm here, as always, with the feverish Fenero. What up, what up? How the hell are you? Good, man. I'm excited about this evening. Very special guest to introduce this evening. We thank you so much for having for having us on. Thank you so much for having us on. We just let <laughs> Heath Cummings take over Rookie Fever, and we are now the guests to the show. Heath, thanks a ton for being here. Not quite the introduction I planned on giving you. We didn't know you were taking over the show. Nonetheless, thanks so much for being here. Senior fantasy writer for CBS. You know his voice from the the fantasy football today. Excuse me. Super stoked to have you here, man. I'm just glad you guys could make it tonight. I uh, appreciate you guys <laughs> coming on my show. And hey, honestly, we've got like the I, fever, you know, so <laughs> I just like to get couch. it off our chest. He's got, he's got a nice studio. The, uh, you know, the, the, the kind words are very nice and much appreciated, but I'm not that special. You can just ask my teenage children. They would tell you I'm not special at all. <laughs> well, you already cleaned up a little bit and got rid of my coffee stains that I left behind from the previous regime of rookie fever. 
So that is much appreciated. We will try to wipe our feet <laughs> as we come in. Kid gloves are off. So, so I, I have to ask you, like, something I was thinking about coming into this, because I know how I feel, and I could kind of go either way, Heath, but how do you feel about rookies and rookie picks for your dynasty teams, and how important are those to you? I think rookie picks are important to everyone, because even if you're a contender, they're important to help make your team better. And if you're rebuilding, that's obviously important to accumulate as many shots as you can take. Rookies, I mean, that depends on where I'm at. Um, I, for, for the most part, and there are certainly exceptions, especially at wide receiver over the past couple of years. But for the most part, if I'm in a contending situation, I can kind of take or leave most of them. I know what you mean. And even when you say that, the, I like that you said when you're a contender, they can still be important. But there's even times like all of a stronger contender. And I'll feel like, you know what, I might want that pick still just in case. Like maybe I don't need to use that pick like a 2023 first, hypothetically, mm -hmm. to make my team any better today. Maybe I don't need that extra piece and I want to make sure in what I call the competitive rebuild, I have that youthful side to add to my team next year to keep my team sort of youthful and strong. But there are other teams where I'm like, man, I need that one more piece and I'm willing to spend my 2023 first to get that piece. Yeah. I don't know it, if you guys feel the same about that. I mean, I think that the interesting thing is like this time of year is probably the worst time to trade everyone, but it's also the time of year where we don't have anything else to do. So a lot of <laughs> trades happen. Um, but I, I would prefer to hold on to the 2023 first and get to the middle of the season and see if I've had a bunch of disastrous injuries or if I'm actually one of the three or four best teams in the league. And then I have no problem at all dealing it to go get better pieces. But yeah, I mean, selling vets right now is very difficult to do. Um, trading rookie picks when you don't know how the first half of the season to go does, doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. But what else are we going to do in June? Go get Mike Evans. Yeah. I feel like I feel like June and July are the months where it's it's just all about coming off the rookie dress. It's just all about upside. It's not about points in our lineup. It's not about you know what what what's going to have us win. It's just like it's just building and 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 trying to create as much potential and quote unquote value on your team as possible, and then showing everyone what value you have. It's not about it's not about these. I'll often go actually Heath, to cbs sports line and and kind of refresh my whole thing and just look at like just redraft rankings just to kind of like just flush out this whole upside rookie thing for half a second and go who does Heath cummings think uh, a wide receiver three is oh those guys that nobody cares about i wonder what i could get those guys for you know like okay yeah they're 27 28 or even 29 Woo, they're basically already retired right it's it's amazing what kind of uh that's why I was so excited to have you on tonight, because I just feel like, especially on Rookie Fever, we're not just focused on Dynasty all season long. We're focused on rookies all season long. So it's very exciting to kind of have like a, a, a an expert like yourself come on. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but the rookies, the, some will help you and some may not right away. And and as it gets closer to the season, Fenero and I do an episode um, out the gator weight and how we feel about some of those guys like come week one can i put this guy into my lineup and expect like a little bit out of my flex spot or something like that so which kind of leads to the next part 
does a year one opportunity affect how you feel about some of your guys in dynasty? I love your dynasty rankings, by the way. But for example, I notice you're a little low on my boy, Jameson Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and I think the tough thing about rankings, I'm glad you love them because I hate them most of the time. <laughs> um, the, t- the tough thing is your ranking. And I, and I talk about this a lot in my rankings and my articles and, and on podcasts and stuff, but you're ranking for both contenders and rebuilders. And that doesn't really make any sense. I, I saw Matt Waldman's dynasty rankings update and he actually had two separate rankings for win now and for long-term view. And that would be a way, better way to do it. I hate him for doing it now because I feel like I should, and I don't have that much time, but yeah, it, it's, it's difficult because Jamison Williams value is significantly different to someone who's trying to win this year than it is to somebody who's not. And I think in a majority of dynasty leagues, now there's usually two or three teams that go into the year knowing what that they're rebuilding. Probably two or three more that maybe should be. And then, but over half the league thinks they're winning. So I think in terms of a rankings perspective, yes, this first year does matter to me. I, I think the present year for all players besides rookies is underrated by most of the dynasty community. And it's not near as important for rookies because they have such a long runway. But it is if you're trying to win right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll give you that for sure. One thing, and and I said I like your rankings because, and I talk with Finero a lot, obviously, and I know that there's a couple guys on your list that you're lower on than I would say maybe consensus that we agree with. And then there's a couple guys that I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. So, and one that stood out to me was the next guy on the list, Finero, like Tyler Algier. If he hits, what are we doing? Oh, if you're asking me, sell, sell, sell. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to go there. Because <laughs> in your in the article you did on that, great read, by the way, but in that yeah. article, you, you had him a little higher because of the potential of a year one breakout. Right. Yeah. I think and, there's and a production, chance, but it went no further. Just kind of like that might be all you get. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like he and Damien, I think he and Damien Pierce both have a chance to be flexes and maybe even low end number two running backs. So everything goes right this year as rookies. And I think just fast forward looking to next year, if, if they're 23 year old running backs who just had starter type seasons, right they're going to be ranked ahead of probably three or four of the wide receivers who just happen to not do anything in their rookie year. So it's, it's a tough balancing act. Those are guys I pretty much wouldn't touch in a rookie draft if I was in a rebuilding mode, but they, they have, I think more, I, I would expect them to make a bigger impact than several of the guys that we have as just consensus round one guys, at least this guy this year. Any best ball value in somebody like that to you at the end of your drafts or I don't know. I'm trying to think like Romeo Dobbs or somebody like that. Yeah, I I think um, – I mean, one of the guys I think that – he's not quite at the end of the draft, but might have a lot more best ball value than everybody is talking about is Jalen Tolbert. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of the, the Gallup situation at the beginning of the year and the way Dallas has spread the ball around. And he might be kind of like – um, the, the running backs where if he does pop in year one and maybe some people wish they'd done this a little more with Gallup, but uh, it might be time to move him as well. 
Yeah, I could see that. I, the Tolbert's an interesting one. I feel like we're we want Amari Cooper so much. Right, and we're not getting I him. Just, Amari Cooper is special to me. <laughs> he is very special. I, I I think that Jerry Jones is going to find out just how special he is. I agree. I agree, and I like CD Lamb. Like, who doesn't want like CD Lamb on their dynasty or or redraft teams? But I think Amari Cooper is like a very special route runner for sure. And I was kind of excited to see what would happen with Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. And now, now I don't want to see that anymore. (laughs) I'm just like, whatever, let's be done with that. But I was kind of excited to see what would happen with that and agree. I think Jerry Jones will miss him very much. So he, he released an article. I think it was like early June might've been, I think it was even like the, maybe the first or second of the month. And you tweeted out as like one of your favorite articles to write of the year. And you were referring to the 2022 bold predictions. And we had a rookie on that list. Uh, rookie that, that we've talked about a decent amount on rookie fever. And, and, uh, you went, you know, in a, quite, the, quite the depth on, and that's Jahan Dotson. Um, you claimed that your bold take would be. That he would be the best wide receiver on the Washington Commanders. Now you admitted that some of it was a little bit of, well, not more than a little bit. There was a lot of camp talk about how he's flashing, and you also clearly put a disclaimer out there that you're not going to rank him above Terry. But I just wanted to hear a little bit more because I know you like him as a prospect. Tell me a little bit about Jahan Dotson. Yeah, I I think he's being penalized a little bit, and rightly like. We have a pretty good history recently of, especially with first round wide receivers, early declares have been considerably more successful than guys that are in college for four years. I'm not so sure that's going to mean, mean as much over the next year or two with the guys who had the weird seasons because of COVID. And I love the fact that he was dominant at Penn State as a junior. Um, his, his target share, his speed, his hands. I saw Matt Harmon had tweeted that he has the best hands in this draft class. Um, and I didn't even really consider the possibility that maybe Terry McLaurin would actually force a trade when I wrote that. I mean, if McLaurin forces a trade, I look like a genius. It doesn't even matter if Dotson is any good or not. <laughs> but I, I just, I think he's not getting valued. Um, people aren't weighing his draft capital as, as enough. Because he was a, a four-year player, I I've got him over Christian Watson, over Sky Moore in rookie drafts. Um, I wouldn't trade Terry McLaurin for Dotson, but I did write about Dotson again today. Uh, he and Mike Evans in my dynasty wide receiver tiers, and I have Dotson at the very end of the same tier that Terry McLaurin's at the top of. Oh, very interesting. And and I bet that I wonder. The thing is about this because when I was reading your article. It instantly, like, the way my head works, I go to my remaining Terry McLaurin share, and I'm like, you know, who has Jahan Dotson? And then I'm like, I wonder if I could get Dotson Plus still right now. But then I feel like because you're dealing with two Washington commanders, the psychological thing is, well, like, why would he want to do that? Like, what's going on here that makes him want to give me McLaurin for... Dotson today, like whereas it was maybe Jalen Tolbert from Dallas, it might be a move that I could have persuaded in a different direct. That's how I think. I did not try, so maybe I'm totally wrong in overanalyzing that. That's what happened with me. 
I, I think the more difficult part of that is the guy just drafted him like two months ago on his yes. rookie draft. He's <laughs> yeah. like, but like, if you could turn that into the first early second round pick plus something into Terry McLaurin, like I think before the rookie draft, he probably would have done that. Right. Yeah. I, I could totally see that. A- another article you wrote that I wanted to allude to a little bit was the one where you had your rookie wide receivers and some of your projections that you thought that they may get for the year. And I want to know at this point, is there any concern about Traylon Burks? Cause he was your number one wide receiver for production from the rookie class, rookie class. I want to be clear to the listeners. <laughs> and that was yeah, some because um, of his running ability and uh, among other things, but your number and one it was, and it was tight to his second yep. one. And that's not a dynasty ranking. Right. Again, for the listeners, that was for production for 2022. Yeah. And I think every time I've updated my projections this offseason, I've had a different rookie <laughs> at the top of the redraft rankings. Um, yeah. I'm concerned about Burks. And I, I think we should, I, I try to be careful with the way we talk about the situation because the Titans haven't given us as much information as I'd like. I, I know they say it has something to do with asthma. I don't fully understand how asthma is preventing him from participating in OTAs. He's been a football player for quite a long time. Um, And I didn't know of any concern with this. Like, is this just started? Is it an actual concern that he might not be okay for camp? Um, So I'm, I've, I've said the humidity a little bit in Florida, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, he played in Arkansas. Yeah. That's, that's, um, I would think that it's pretty humid there. <laughs> I know it's pretty humid in Missouri. Um, but yeah, it's, and I think the other part of it is the Robert Woods, he's ahead of where I thought he was a month yeah. ago. Um, some of the videos of him, and it's not, it's not anybody talking about him. It's just showing him cutting and, and doing a, I thought maybe he was a straight line running at this point. So like those two things like, caused me to pull back just a little bit on Burks. I have London now as my uh, number one in PPR. I think I still have Burks number one in non-PPR just because the rushing production counts a little more there where the catches don't matter. Very nice. Drake London, wide receiver one in redraft today then for the rookie class? He, he absolutely is. And do we believe Marcus Mariota is the starter all year long? I'm. I don't really know how much it matters. I think that it's just safe to say they are going to have one of the bottom third quarterbacks, and hopefully, it's not a disaster. Um, I think Mariota is better than anyone in Seattle or Carolina right now. Agreed. Um, and so, if Ritter takes that job, it's either because he's better than that, or Marcus Mariota got hurt. And so, like, that would be the risk, I guess, because he's had quite a few injuries in his career. And if he gets hurt and Ritter's not ready, then it's going to be a real disaster. Um, and again, I, like, I've got London number one amongst the rookies, but I think he's at wide receiver 34 right now. So I'm not expecting anyone from this class to have, like, a top 12 or a top 20 season even. Yeah, but it's, it's not crazy to think that London right. and Kyle Pitts are looked to very often in that offense. I, Honestly, you know, so I don't think Patterson is going to be the guy. Right. No, I think he's the wide receiver one. I've got him projected for 121 targets this year. Um, I think it would be interesting to see how many passes they throw because for as bad as they were, uh, 
they didn't they weren't as pass heavy as you would have expected. And Arthur Smith's never really run a pass heavy offense. I'm going to keep going until Feverish somehow takes this over from me. I want to know, because you also have Garrett Wilson very high. Well, third, it's hard to say very high in this group of wide receivers and him to be three. It's really not that high, to be honest with you. It's right there, middle range for the rookie class. How do you feel about Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore in a in a 2022? Not necessarily the long term, but who would you prefer in a, a redraft setting? Elijah yeah, pre-draft Moore and Wilson. Pre-draft Garrett Wilson was my favorite wide receiver in this class, and I I keep kind of pushing towards that. He's actually number two now. He's ahead of Burks as well in full PPR um, in the projections, and I I just I would take Wilson ahead of Moore in Dynasty and this year, but I don't have a very high level of certainty about it, which is why I've kind of pulled back a little bit. If he'd landed somewhere where he was the clear number one, then I I would be a lot more excited about him this year and and for the future. But I I think Elijah Moore is really good as well, and I don't think Zach Wilson's good enough to support two (laughs) top 25 wide receivers. Hopefully, Corey Davis. What's that? And Corey Davis, quite honestly, if he's on the field. I mean, I know he's an afterthought, but he had some moments with Elijah Moore before he got hurt, and I don't think it's crazy to think that he's good for 800 yards if he stays healthy. Yeah. I mean, I've been a Corey Davis truther for half a decade now, so <laughs> if he stays healthy is, is very much part of my vocabulary. Yeah. We we used to be able to joke and be like Corey Davis or Mike Williams, and it feels yeah. like that's over. And It's been over twice in the last two years, right? Yeah. It was over in Corey Davis's favor, and now it's over in Mike Williams' favor. Yeah, I, I was the Corey Davis guy, too. My heart is blackened because of Corey Davis. <laughs> Truly, so <laughs> we've had we've had two years in a row with with the Justin Jefferson, and then now a, a, a Chase, and and uh, if you had to pick one wide receiver to become a wide receiver one, and you Ooh. just got done saying you don't think that that's going to happen, but if you had to pick one, right? So now we're doing the whole rookie, you know, high as the sky potential kind of bid here because you can go down this list and come up I mean I think it's much easier to come up with reasons why they won't be wide receiver ones right like there's a really easy path to like every single one of these wide receivers saying this is why I don't think so is there one guy that kind of jumps out and says all right you know what one guy if he was going to do it it would be this dude and this might be why yeah, I mean, the the pie in the sky case for Traylon Burks is everything's fine with the asthma, and they actually do use him in the A.J. Brown role. And, oh, yeah, they give him a carry a game, and so he has 25 fantasy points rushing, a la Robert Woods from the past with the Rams, and he sneaks into the top 12 that way. Like that, I think that's the most likely way, because we've seen Tannehill support that. It's harder for me to envision Marcus Mariota supporting that much success. Um and then, of course, the dark horse is the Terry McLaurin gets traded, and it's Dotson. <laughs> and, and Dotson has great hands, though. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he does. I mean, like, it, it, that could happen, potentially. And he's fast. Yeah. And Carson Wentz could use that, definitely. One thing I really liked about you, Heath. Just one. Is <laughs> this among the many. There we go. You had Jahan Dotson also over Sky Moore. Yeah, and I like 
you can i am a uh from kansas city and i thought i was not a chiefs fan anymore i thought i was not a fan anymore about three years into this job and then the chiefs drafted patrick mahomes and i just became a complete homer again um because i loved mahomes before the draft and they took him and it was just it was over but i i don't sky Moore to me it feels more like a project and like he did some really awesome things in college but he's played wide receiver for three years and we've seen the Chiefs draft the really fast wide receiver in round two and then say for three years he's going to be awesome. That guy's still on the team. <laughs> Michael Hardman. So yeah. I, I, I think there is a chance um, that, that he is more involved. But I, it looks to me like with the way they went about this offseason with acquiring the, the short area specialist in Juju and acquiring the deep ball guy in MVS and, they, and still have Hardman. Obviously, Kelsey's going to lead the team in targets. It seems like they're trying to diversify a little bit in terms of how they distribute the football. And I think Sky Moore could be excellent in that role, but it might be excellent in a averages 16 yards a catch on 65 targets, has some huge games for the Chiefs, but doesn't make a huge impact for fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I think we those, definitely those saw week games where like everybody gets excited and they give you that I told you so week five, and then he kind of <laughs> goes away again week six. Yeah, I think we definitely saw Kansas City. Um, I mean, if you look at the final numbers, they did just fine. But you definitely saw a chink in the armor last year. So I think I think the move that they made to diversify this offense is just going to make them a different looking team. And Mahomes is still Mahomes. So I think we're just not going to see anyone chasing a Tyreek Hill in this offense is foolish. It's not there is only one Tyreek Hill. Um, anyone who thinks Sky Moore will become Tyreek Hill at some point is also foolish. I think it's just one of those things where it's just going to be a lot of different guys contributing, which we haven't seen in Kansas City. So it might be a really fun offense, to be honest. Just not for fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> or we might be targeting the wrong guy because of rookie fever. Yeah, that can that can happen. It often does. You know, and Sky Moore, I mean, like you can go get Juju a lot easier than you can go get Sky Moore today. You might as well. And, yeah, and, and Juju is what two years older than him. No, he's not. He's a couple more years older than him. <laughs> I think he's twenty five still. Like, yeah, it's it's, still it's, young. It's that one year contract that everybody will bring up to you. He's just signed with Kansas City for and one. It, it year. It was the weirdest contract because yeah, it's he's not, not even paid. It's like three million guaranteed. But then, if you look at the bonuses, it's like he's going to make nine or ten million dollars unless he gets hurt. Right. It's a really weird contract. It's a, the definition of a prove a deal. Yep. So and that that is concerning, but I mean, like you said, he's still young. He's going to, even mm-hmm. if I'd hate to see Juju just kind of keep getting tossed around the league, but at some point he's going to get a, at least a three to five year contract with some team still very young. I'll take him in Detroit. I bet. Now Heath knows why I want Jameson Williams so bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you've got DJ Chark. What do you need Jameson Williams for? I mean, that's pretty exciting. I think I think that that's a great addition to the team. But I I think that like I'll give some positive lion spin. They are by far my favorite cheap team to stack in best ball. I think Jared Goff is an excellent second quarterback in two quarterback leagues and a really good best ball quarterback. It's going to be much better than where he's ranked. Yeah, 
He's got some weapons this year. I, I like yeah. what Dan Campbell's doing, honestly. Yeah. I, I love that. The late the round stacks. Team's definitely building in the right direction. Get some golf in a Monroe St. Brown. <laughs> Fenero, what you got? Uh, so let's 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 mix let's mix in our uh, our rookies a little bit into redraft. Uh, Heath, are you do you see yourself drafting rookies in redraft months, or are you just kind of like, you know what? Let these let these other chumps that I'm drafting with do that. I don't mess with that too much. I'll I'll uh, just pick a couple off of waivers later after the fact. Yeah, I I would guess. I mean, Brees Hall, I'm pretty good with in round four, but I would guess by the time we get to August, he's going to be a round three pick. Um, I saw there was already the puff piece that, um, what is it? Michael Carter is now Robin to his Batman. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so like, <laughs> it's not going to take long before Brees Hall's a, like at the two, three turn and <laughs> he might deserve it. He's a spectacular running back. Um, I'm probably not going to end up with him and I don't imagine I'm going to draft London or Burks where they've been going. I, I've taken quite a bit of Wilson just because he seems to go around or around and a half after those guys. And I have them pretty much in the same range. And then I just have to constantly like smack my hand in round 10 and then round 11 and then round 12, I'll draft Dotson because he, he hasn't gotten any helium at all yet. Um, but mostly my, like I'm pretty happy drafting a starting lineup that has zero of these rookies and then a bench full of them. Nice. There you go. Yeah. That's a good way. And to then, put as it. they hit, move them in or drop them, trade them yeah. away. Are you a handcuff guy, Heath? Like, how do you feel about Brees Hall? And do you want? We're still Michael talking Carter? about fantasy football, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, we we can't have you arrested for stealing rookie fever that quick. <laughs> um, I like drafting high upside backup running backs. I prefer to draft other people's high upside backup running backs opposed to my own. Um, but there are certain situations where I like, and it's not quite as appealing now because of the uncertainty in Cleveland, but I always kind of liked the Nick Chubb Kareem hunt combo, because if something happened to either of them, the other one was all of a sudden the top five running back. And if not, they were good values where they were being drafted anyway. I don't think Hall and Carter are going to be that, but I do like Carter if he falls into, you know, the round nine, round 10 range, because I think if something happens to Brees Hall, then Carter is going to be very, very good. It's, I, I hate what the Jets did with having both those guys on the roster. It doesn't make any sense to me to allocate resources that way. But yeah, if something happens to Hall, I think he'll be good. I think, I think obviously Pollard's in that situation. Maybe Pollard will just take the job. Um, and the one I'm struggling with right now is Walker and Penny. Yeah, but like with the with Penny apparently being in the lead right now, and that might be the worst offense in the league if they're really going to go with Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Um, so I, I I've struggled in redraft with is is it possible that I might actually like Algier or Pierce better this year than Walker? I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. A name that hasn't been mentioned, Isaiah Spiller. Yeah. I I liked him quite a bit, and I got down based on the testing, and then the draft kind of showed that the teams did too. Um, and I, I don't think any of the other backups on the Chargers are any good at all. 
Nope. But it doesn't make me feel better that the team that keeps putting bad running backs behind Austin Eckler just are the, is also the team that picked Isaiah Spiller. <laughs> I wouldn't. I think he's probably going to be going to be the handcuff, and and I I think he's a he's a good one in the double digit rounds. Yeah. We talk about we talk on rookie fear all the time, and we talked about it on this show with you a little bit, where you know maybe Sky Moore, because of his landing spots, getting a little more credit than maybe his his you know profile deserves. Um, is there a rookie that you're higher on after landing spots, just because it it was the perfect match between talent and team? I mean, for this year, it was definitely Algier and Pierce. Um, for for full dynasty rankings, I don't know that there was anybody that I really, um, other than maybe Tolbert. Um, gotcha. I, I did like the op- the situation for Tolbert, just with the way Dallas has spread the football around. Like that's the big question with CD Lamb this year: is he going to finally be the wide receiver that gets a twenty five percent target share or more in a Kellen Moore offense? Because if he's not then there's a lot of targets available for Tolbert and a very good offense with a very good quarterback. Yeah. That throws the ball a ton. What about Damian Pierce? Yeah. Pierce and Algier, I, I both, both of them I moved up because of the opportunity they have in year one, which I guess has to do with landing spot. Um, do we see Marlon Mack holding Pierce off? I don't not if, well, it depends. Like Pierce had such a limited track record in college and that can be okay. Sometimes. I mean, Josh Jacob didn't hardly touch the ball at Alabama either. And he's, he's done all right. Um, but yeah. I, I, if Pierce is worthy of his pick and is a decent NFL running back, no, I don't think this version of Marlon Max can hold him off at all. That's a value right there. If you can, even today, like I'll, I'll pay up for Damian Pierce, honestly. Yeah. I mean, what I don't know. I, I assume I've got him early round two. I think yep. he's probably going mid round two for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, fe- I feel like I've been seeing him go anywhere from like that 201 to 206. I, I don't remember a year where there are so many different players sneaking into that 11th and 12th pick. Um, like <laughs> you see guys sometimes that will go. 112 and then all of a sudden they're they're the eighth or ninth pick of the second round in the next draft you do it's it's a i think it's just because we don't have as many guys that we're super excited about and so everybody's just kind of taking their flavor do you i'm curious about just you and your personality do you find yourself as a chiefs fan like steering away from your home team in for fantasy is that something about Sky Moore or just like, is it Clyde Edwards Alaire? Is there something like that? Because I've had that in me at sometimes, like anymore, like I find with playing, playing Dynasty with people from all over the nation, like you said, the Lions are a value for me. They're my team. So it's really fun that I can always get deals on my guys. But in previous years, if I'm playing in like a home league or a lot of Lions fans, I tend to stay away from them and I don't want to overvalue them like my league does because they're all Detroit Lions fans. Do you find yourself though? Like, does that have anything to do with it? That was a long winded question, <laughs> but does that have anything to do with it? I, I try really hard to not let it impact me at all. Um, like I said, I, I don't do a very good job of that with Mahomes, And I was pretty early on Travis Kelsey in round one. 
So I, I, def- I definitely don't avoid those guys because of it. I try not to let my fandom affect projections or rankings or anything like that. But no, I don't. I don't stay away. I just don't. I guess I just don't have as much faith in Sky Moore. Also, I'm a pretty big Juju guy, so that that's probably may have as much to do with it as, as sure. the Chiefs thing. Is just that I think Juju is going to be the number one wide receiver, not Tyreek or anything close to it. But I think he's the clear number one wide receiver for the Chiefs. Yeah, Sky Moore is that guy you liked before everybody else liked a lot. Like you kind of were hoping yep. he'd be that guy. You got like two oh six to the end of the, the beginning of the third round, and then it's like, oh man, no, <laughs> can't. Now I won't have him. I don't have any Sky more. I that's thought I would. Very much the, exactly the case, and that's like that. That is what I'm hoping happens with those running backs we were talking about earlier. Like mm-hmm. that, I'm a little bit high on them right now, and by the middle of the season, they're starting running backs, and everybody else is much higher than I am. And then it's time to move them. Yeah. Brian Robinson is one for Finero and I both. And you were on Brian Robinson before landing spot even. And then when he landed there at a spot where you, you know how I feel about Gibson, it was just like, okay, yeah, give me some of that. Give me some Brian Robinson's. Yeah. That he was one for me that I, I think he'll get an opportunity at some point. I, I just don't know why they hate Antonio Gibson so much. Like I'm not saying I don't know that he's as special as people who really like him think he is. But man, they went and basically just like kidnapped JD McKissick from the Bills locker room <laughs> after he agreed to a deal with them so that they didn't have to play Gibson as much on third downs. And then they go draft an early down guy to challenge him there. So my problem today with Antonio Gibson for Dynasty, for Dynasty to be clear, is how much he's played through injuries. And and I've said before, like that was really fancy and helped us a lot in the moment when we needed him in our squads. But that is not good for his longevity Con- to continue to just beat his body like it, it just causes more injuries. I mean, shoot, we're I don't know how old you are, Heath. I'm 44. If I throw my back out. In a couple of days, there's probably a, a, a muscle in my leg that's now starting to hurt because I've been walking different because uh, my back's hindered. Now something else is – it just slowly goes through you. You know, I know these guys are younger than us, and but they're playing through these injuries, and it's sl- you always have to compensate in some way, and you're putting pressure. So to me, like – I don't know, man. I like it when – for Dynasty, I like to see I like to see Barkley take the time off for his injury. Well, it makes him a lot cheaper too. Do you realize that we are old enough to be Antonio Gibson's dad? <laughs> oh, see, right. I don't like I don't like thinking like that. He'd stop. <laughs> oh, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Antonio Gibson. We <laughs> love you. Twenty four wow. years old. Look today. at that. Look wow, at that. Happy birthday, Antonio Gibson. Wow, heat's all over that. That's Birthdays the nicest and thing everything. we've ever said about you on the show. <laughs> I think I think we're all generally resistant to this movement that the NFL likes a lot of running backs and they're going to use a lot of running backs. And I think we just in fantasy, we just we're so resistant to that. We just want it to be one dude. And and there still are situations like that in the NFL, like Jonathan Taylor. They still they still exist, but we just want all the teams to act that way. And we want all of them to have Jonathan Taylor's and they just don't. You know, so like we just have to like kind of just adapt to this. And and we kind of talked about it at the beginning as far as like, you know, whether you're a handcuffed person or not. I'm with Heath. I'd rather not get my own handcuffs. I'd rather get other people's handcuffs only because like 
the guy I'm drafting, I, I expect him to stay healthy. He's got a good track record. He's got the backfield. That's the guy I'm going to, I'm going to draft. I like my running backs in my draft. So when I'm picking those later ones, when people are picking their first or second, they, they picked all the wrong running yeah, backs. They, exactly. I'm, saying, I'm, so. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So I just want, I want to gobble up those guys that if they were to get a starting role, they're actually good. Not a backup to my guy that's already like, you know, at the top. Well, the backup to your guy is going to sit on the bench all year because your guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you get my backup, and I'll go get your backup. Right. <laughs> I don't mind the insurance policy, man. If I've got like a yeah. big investment I hear in you. some of my guys, I, I don't mind having. Depends on Hassan the backfield. Haskins. Yeah. But then again, I don't have any Derrick Henry at this point, but I still don't mind having some Hassan Haskins. Depends on the backfield. There's definitely some some fun backup running backs to have. Even like seen it. AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, that They're could both be your Nicholas though. Chubb and Kareem Hunt now. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I thought of that right away, but they're both expensive. What they're, about a they're rookie? pretty close to what Chubb and Hunt were in the past yeah. two years, though, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Very similar. And I might start to prefer AJ Dillon at this point in Dynasty, just because I am a little bit of an ageist, to be completely honest with you. You're supposed to be. Yeah, because I'm old. I'm yeah, gonna I mean, live yeah. vicariously through that youth. Yeah, I, I still have. Um, man, I've got him really close. I think I still have Jones. Just yeah, just a little bit ahead of Dylan. Jones this year, yeah, because like I, I like, I like the the lack of wide receivers on mm. Green Bay for Aaron Jones. Like that, that to me just just screams like a. I get it. Like, they might literally be on the field 50-50. I think we just saw a report of that. I just feel like Aaron Jones is going to run away with that just for that alone. No Christian Watson love here tonight? You know you don't get that from me. I've got none. (laughs) Nice. I knew we brought Heath on for a reason. So, with that said, (laughs) some players you're staying away from in your dynasty leagues with the current ADP. Christian Watson. Well, Chris, we've talked about several of them, but Christian Watson, uh, Sky Moore. Um, and that's not like if Sky Moore ever fell to the second round where he belongs, I'd be okay with that. But every draft I'm in, I mean, a lot of times he, he ends up going ahead of one of the six or seven guys that I think are just clearly right. um, ahead yeah. of him. And he always goes ahead of Dotson, so I'm not going to make that choice. That's where I'm uh, trying to trade back a little bit. Yeah. I feel like. Sky Moore is consensus. I'm trying to trade back a little bit. Yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. Um, I, I I think I'm probably a little lower on Rashad White too than everybody else. I just like he's not coming in. I, I hate saying that rookies are not young, but he's gonna be 23 at the start of the year. So it's not like he comes in as a 21 or 22 year old. And I don't think a rookie running back is gonna have a big role on a team with Tom Brady, especially anything in, on, on passing downs. So I, I'm, I see white sometimes sneak into that one, two turn range and, and I've got him closer to 18. I, I agree. Everybody's looking for James white in a Tom Brady offense instead of realizing James white was a bill Belichick offense. I, I think Tom Brady's really happy with Leonard Fournette. I, I'm with you. Well, 100%. What else you got? Uh, those like those three are probably the guys. I don't know if there's any all the quarterbacks. Ooh, yeah, all, all the quarterbacks. I like it. I, I like. I it. would just prefer <laughs> not have any quarterbacks from this draft class on my team. 
No Kenny Pickett? No, no. I was I was really hopeful that Ritter or Willis would get some good draft capital. Like somebody really liked them and was going to give them an opportunity. And maybe they, they may still get an opportunity, but I I didn't have any interest in Kenny Pickett before. And I, I, I think Trubisky's probably going to start more games than him this year, and that's not a very good sign. Because he's it's like, again, he's not young. No. He, I don't know how how old is he? 27, 28? At least. He might, but, yeah. Plus draft capital. <laughs> <laughs> a guy I'm not drafting anywhere and, and it seems to seems to be like because of the ADP, but I it might even be honestly, he's just not on my radar, period. But like Keith had said, there's they always wind up eventually being on your radar if they fall far enough as Alec Pierce. I've had little to no interest in Alec Pierce, and I think a lot of it is because there's players below him. You know, David Bell Swags is a guy that I like a lot. Tolbert's below him. You know, it's, it's it winds up being like those are my guys. I have David Bell and Tolbert like just about everywhere. So Alec Pierce is like usually above those two so i'm like trading into that second round like heath had said like it's kind of pick your like pick your guy in that range so like i'm trading up to just get my guy you know because like if you trade up to that two three two four two five area i'm getting bell and tolbert there all day and alec pierce is not making it onto any of my dynasty rosters so he's like he's one of those guys i don't talk a lot about on this show and i think that's just why yeah I think for me, like the second round, and you've heard me say this before, Fenero, but I'm, that's where I'm taking all my dart throws on the running mm-hmm. backs. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's just because at that point, like when you get eight, eight to 10 deep of rookies that have been drafted at a wide receiver position, the chances of like three of them being wide receiver twos is pretty low, let alone all 10 of them. So I think that's just where I'm taking my stabs at like the spiller. Pierce, some of the running backs we've talked about, but yeah, you're. I think it's it's more likely that that group of running backs gives you one season, probably this year or next, where they're helping you, and that those running those wide receivers hit, even if yep. it's a quick return on a trade. Right. Sometimes you know, yep. if you fall out of it, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, like with those first round picks, if you're going to trade those or not, sometimes if you fall out of it, maybe you're just like, okay, you know, maybe. Maybe I do want to get rid of Michael Carter before they draft somebody. Right. Imagine if you would have done that. <laughs> it would have been nice. <laughs> Heath, it has been an absolute pleasure having you tonight. A lot of times at the end of the show, we have some final thoughts, be it some kind of fantasy advice, life advice, something like that, some kind of final thought. Final. Did we get that from you this evening, Heath? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I've got any good life advice for people other than I, I always like to tell people, like, and I do have the dream job. As I, I get to work in the toy department, but <laughs> and you have I, rookie um, fever now too. So and I things- and I've got rookie fever. So like <laughs> yeah. things are really looking up. <laughs> um, but I I started writing. I mean, I started writing in high school, and I was going to be a journalist, and I went to Mizzou. And I lasted one semester. I was majoring in gambling and alcohol, and it turns out they didn't <laughs> offer either of those majors. Um, so, and then I started a family and didn't finish college until I was 30. I sold houses, I sold cars, I sold insurance, and I was just blogging for free for like a decade while I did these things um, for to feed my family. And I got so fortunate that I saw a tweet um, from Sigmund Bloom looking for a game recapper. 
And that first fantasy football season that I actually got paid a little bit of money, I was just recapping one game every Sunday. I'd write 150 words on it and send it in. That was it. And then the next year I became a staff writer and then it turned into this. So like, just like, wow, don't, don't give up. That's awesome. Love it. And take those opportunities when they come up. Exactly. That is at Heath Cummings, SSR on Twitter at CBS Sports on Twitter, at Rookie Fever on Twitter. I don't know if that's added to his bio yet. I am at Swagzilla0G. He is at ArtBarkTV. This is at Rookie Fever. And we are out. When you kiss me, fever when you hold me tight. Fever in the morning, fever all through the night. Sun lights up the daytime, moonlights up the night. I light up when you call my name, heard you long on a tree, you ride rookie fever. When you kiss me, fever when you hold me tight. Something you all know Fever isn't such a new thing Fever started long ago now Who got the one-on-one scouting has never done this to before and run I told you anyone Size and speech just unreal Landing spot not ideal Wait, what's this breakout age for rookie fever stage? Romeo loved Juliet Juliet, she felt the same When he put his arms around her He said, Julie, baby, you're my friend I'll get a fever When we kiss it Fever without blaming you Fever I'm a fire Fever, yeah, I burn for soon got the fever, cause I got the fever, now you got the fever, so she got the fever, and he got the fever, no cure for the fever, so let's feed the fever, thank God for the fever, thank God for the fever, now you got 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 the fever, now you